Eightfold Path. And what's the Eightfold Path? The first statement in that is right view. Yeah. What we're sharing is just maybe what, what I consider a right view. Once the right view is in place, then livelihood and all this other stuff can seem right. But without the right view, you can have the livelihood, you can have the meditation, you can have like a mental understanding, yes? But it's, it's not going to work because that, the view is the foundation, the right view. Yeah? And, uh, and uh, many people have preached the right view is, like in Buddhism it's called anatta in the, in the first language that they wrote Buddhism or whatever you want to call it called Pali, and the word anatta means not-self, you know, there's no self. It doesn't mean there's something else, it's just another negation, there's no self. It doesn't say, there's no self, and now let me tell you what there is. No, there isn't any other choice. There's just a seeing that there's not, you know, what this system presents you as, yeah, it doesn't have an inherent real existence, it has a contrived appearance that has to be reinforced all day by a, like by a radio station in the head, so to speak, like K-Paul. It has to, and K-Paul is basically the golden oldies, yeah, and a lot of advertising, and a lot of newscasts, like headlines, or a lot of news flashes that are just fucking the same old, same old. You should be afraid. <laughs> you know, you're going to not get what you want and lose what you have. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And that's like that bonding of mind to a system of mind called self-centeredness, yeah. And when the system of mind of self-centeredness is in place, you can know it because you feel like a self. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's its product. Yeah, that's its... <laughs> it doesn't matter what self you feel like, but feeling like a self is the product of the system called self-centeredness. That's what it does. Yeah. It, it, it produces a basic organizing principle for life called self, that, and then it looks at life as if it's happening to it, and then it makes the best out of that view with a very, very distorted logic, and it tries to figure things out, and, but it's like in the dark all the time. Yeah? And in the dark, being dark all the time, it, it says there's light, yeah, it makes up ideas of where the light is and who has the light and all like that. And without any light, you go for it. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, sure, I've got to go to the Himalayas or somewhere, you know, to feel the, to see the light. But the light is obviously right where you are. Yeah, but not as a self. See, that's the dilemma. So if the system is in place, you'll know it, but you won't know it. You'll know it because you'll feel like a you. And that feeling like a you is the not knowing of it. Yeah? It's a beautiful system in a way because it's identification as. It's not like a system that's fucking with you. That's, that's a view from it. A view from it is selfing's driving me crazy. You hear this new word, selfing, and now the mind uses it as an, anta an, an, like an antagonistic position to it. Yeah? Selfing is driving me crazy. That's the product of selfing is the feeling that it's a you being driven crazy. And there's no way out of it. Once you're in it, there's no way out. All the ways out, you're going to be the one that walks through those ways out as the thing called being in it. Yeah? There's no way out. None.
<laughs> self cannot get out of self. The mental process can't think out, can't think itself out of the mental process. Yeah. A product of the mental process will never appear anywhere other than in that mental process. That's the only place it holds weight, is in that trance-like realm, mental realm of self-centeredness. It doesn't hold weight anywhere else. Yeah. So you have the most noble drive to know the truth, but, you, but you, there's a hook because you want to know the truth as you. And the you can never claim the truth. Yeah? It can only, so what it does is it makes concepts of it. That it can claim. It can claim to know the truth. It can claim to experience the truth. It can claim that it wants to know the truth, but it can't claim the truth because the claiming of the truth is the denial of what you're not. It's the absence of you being... It's like a lady wrote me an email, says, well, the unawakened person, ba-da-da-da-da, I said, well, first of all, there isn't a person. And why, when the unawakened state seems relevant, there's always a person involved in it. <laughs> <laughs> for the unawakened state to be entertained, it has to be entertained as a person. <laughs> it can't be entertained. It has to be entertained as a person. Without the self-centeredness in place, the, un the idea of that there's someone in an unawakened state would be totally ridiculous. But the, within the self-centered realm, it sounds like, yeah, that's true. All these people I met today, they're totally in the unawakened state. Yeah? But very rarely, you don't put two and two together. There's no unawakened state unless there's a person under the awake, unawakened state. Yeah? It's always, it, there will always be a someone involved in all of these states, yes? Like, oh, that person's awake. So there's a, now there's a person that's awake to tell the difference between all the other people that aren't awake, yeah? There's no way there would be any kind of awake or unawake unless there was a person involved. Unless there was that basic format of the system, it wouldn't be able to interpret all this baloney and to make it seem like it's real. There's no way. It's all back into the it's all rooted back into the idea of being a long-lasting independent separate entity. That's like letting the cat out of the bag. And then that cat's spawning with other cats and then there's tons of cats. And then you're trying to hurt cats. You're trying to make the cats do what you want to do. Yeah? Not knowing that you're a fucking cat. Yeah? And there's no way out in there. Yeah? There's no way out as a cat from that cat world. There's no way out. You can manage it, try to manage it better. But some people say, no one, there's not even any choice here. This is all playing out, predetermined. Everything is already, it's already activated to go a certain way. In other words, you as the cat could possibly have absolutely no relevance in the cat world. Yeah. In the cat world, you may not have even any relevance. You definitely have no relevance outside the cat world, but even in the cat world, the, it's all made up the relevance you have. Yeah between other cats. <laughs> but in a sense, you don't even have relevance here. Yeah. So it's an incredible uh, 
recognition or an understanding when you see that self can't get out of self. It's thrown around a lot, but it's an incredible statement. It's just giving you a perfect bit of information about the flawedness of that system. Yeah? Because what is it when you're in the system? What is one of your main drives is to get out of it, isn't it? If you're really in self, as we describe it, most people who are really in self have a real desire to get out of self. Yeah? Yeah. They have a desire. And when maybe they didn't have a desire, and then one day they learned that maybe it would have been a great idea to have a desire to get out of self. You know? Maybe at their deathbed, maybe when their wife finally talks to them and says, you are one motherfucking self-centered motherfucker. Yeah? Something. And then suddenly all the information about, I've blown my whole life. I've been so lack of compassion, could care less about anybody. Yeah? Even the most p person who's a seeming person that's totally into being self, at times will have an epiphany about, whoa, I've missed all the beauty in life. Yeah? Being so obsessed with me. Yeah? So, generally speaking, when you're in it, you want to get out of it. <laughs> You don't see the beautifulness of that system, how it keeps you? As soon as you believe you're in it, you feel like you want to get out of it. Being out of it is being in it. <laughs> and getting out of it is still being in it. No matter what method you use to get out of it, it's still being in it. <laughs> you can have the most ancient method, you're still in it. You can have the newest age method, you're still in it. <laughs> because there's no way to get out of it. It's the recognition you're not in it. That's it. That's the only way, in a sense. It's uh, sort of like, I am not that. So, all right, let, that's, gives, that's some puts it like on a pause, in a way. And then, mind can extract itself from the story. Because as soon as it entertains, I'm not that, it entertains, I can be free of it. Yeah? And so when it leaves the system, it doesn't leave the system as the system. It sees the system as totally flawed, and therefore it never was in the system. So the idea of leaving it as if you were leaving a space to go to another space, that's not how the leaving occurs. The leaving occurs by realizing you were never in it. That's the leaving. Yeah? In a sense, you left what you were never in. And that doesn't take any time. It's a very, very, very timeless solution. It's recognizing something. Hey, I'm not that. And in that recognition, the whole house of cards starts to collapse. Time, space, separateness. Yes? And you're not under when the house collapses. Yeah? You're not under the house of cards. There's no huge desire to keep it going out of this mortal fear that you're going to end. You realize you never began. <laughs> There's a freedom in that. There's an availability of a very open space of mind coming out of that little crazy dollhouse of self-centeredness where everyone wants to be right and be recognized as special and unique. <laughs> and then, you know, entertain, maybe I'm not that. 
then you'll see. Maybe you're drawn to do something, maybe you're not. Yes? But the whole idea that it, that's a vehicle for me to get out of self will be dismissed. Yes? You will not be looking for it as a way out. Yeah? You will not be looking for it as a way out. So if you're sitting and meditating, you're not looking for it as a way out. If you're doing something else, you're not looking for it. The whole idea of trying to get out of what you are not in is dismissed, either quickly or, or gradually. You just realize the transcendence of this place is for all intents and pur purposes being here. Totally letting it be as real as it wants to be because it shows itself to be unreal. If you're busy trying to make it unreal, it causes it to be real in a very, very strange mental way. It has an incredible bonding ability when you take something that's unreal, right, to be real and then try to make it unreal. <laughs> it has such a stickum, you went, you won't believe it. You want to get away from it as far as possible, but you're like that, yeah? But if you let it be as real as it wants to be, it shows you its inherent nature. It's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah? It's like, like if you woke up out of that dream and that the whole dream was about being chased by a tiger and so many senses of anxiety and fear were just kept getting produced in that dream. But let's just say you woke up and then when you woke up, if there was a recognition that dream tiger was a dream tiger, would the anxiety keep getting reinforced. No, there would be an end to it. You may feel a little of a hangover from the, the activity of the dream, but the dream's effects wouldn't keep on going. Because why? That you have woken up to something. It's a dream, it's a dreamt tiger. Yeah? The only way I can be afraid of a dreamt tiger if I am identified as the dreamt object running from it. Yeah? And I'll tell you, you can find 80,000 different ways different skillful means to get away from that tiger, but inevitably, basically, no matter how far you get away from it, the tiger has you, because all you're consumed about is getting away from the tiger. Yeah. That's why they say you go sign up for a two-year course, a very intense, very, very intense, uh, you know, full-on course of, uh, you know, how to deal with the obsession with self. That's an obsession with self right there. <laughs> if there's an identification of self in place, every day you're poring over the books of how to get out of self. That's as much, that's, you can't be more in self than that. Yeah? If there isn't a self to be in, it can only appear to be. That's like a very, very strong appearance to be in self is the drive to get out of it. <laughs> you really can't appear to be in self almost more than anything other than that. Yeah? Because obviously something must be real to you if there's such a giant movement away from it. Yeah. <laughs> this is about seeing, you know. It's seeing. The inherent quality of all, all, all thing and no thing is awareness. Yeah. How can you not have something to do with that? Not as I'm aware, not as I'm being, I'm doing awareness, but maybe that could be just that, awareness, yeah? And that all the machinations of this appearance may just be the machinations of an appearance. Not one of them authenticates a reality called death or Paul.
It just appears to be to you. And even when you run into others, it doesn't appear to be to them. <laughs> they don't have, when you bring your scale and weigh your day in front of somebody, yeah, they don't, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Let me pull out my scale. Let's weigh, yeah, I had a bad day, yes? It's sort of like we're all trying to put our scales in front of each other and, and convince ourselves, look at this, look at this, you know? But it's all meaning, 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 flying, flying, flying around. Nothing ever sticking. You're throwing it at the wall of context and it doesn't stick. All there is is space. Yeah? Mind is free, inherently free. Yeah? It's inherently free and open like the sky. There must be a little hook that causes it to forget that and to take on the role of being an action figure in this little story of life happening to me. I would say it's called the identification as self. That's what takes all the possibility of mind, all the ability to entertain, and then funnels it into this crazy idea called me, and then you keep on entertaining because it's an inherent quality of the mind, but now you're entertaining everything from the point of view of a self. So you're entertaining peace is about, it probably will never happen. You're entertaining okayness, I will be okay if I do a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. you're, all of these things now that are possibilities become conditional, conditional possibilities. Yeah. And in a sense, once they become conditional possibilities, they're impossible. Yes? They're impossible. You can't package up an aspect of mind. You can't package it up and say, this is peace. Because when you do, there's a package right next to it. This isn't peace. Yeah? Once you attempt to claim it, you have to realize your claiming it is two-pronged. It's a dualistic claiming. So when mind cl claims peace as something it's going to achieve, it claims both aspects, peace and non-peace. It can't just get peace. It can't. The way the split mind works, when it's interpreting this place into appearances, everything, the coin of that realm is two-sided, everything. So there isn't peace without anything other than that. There's peace with its opposite, yes? And usually, when you claim peace, you're really basically buying a big box of the, its opposite. And if you watch yourself in time, you're probably engaging in the feeling of not being at peace much more than an engagement with the feeling of peace. And it's even then, it makes it even more unpeaceful when you believe you could be in peace, but you're not. That's a real cruel little maneuver it pulls. So here you are in the reality of not being at peace with the hopes of being peaceful. <laughs> You're fucked, really. <laughs> you know what's mind going to produce in this in this dynamic suffering? Obviously, because when you think of this day, you can't think about this day. When you think about this day, there's thoughts about other days, past, and other days future. You, through thinking, cannot think about a day alone. 
Yeah? That's why in recovery we say, please, a day at a time. At least in action, stay with a day at a time. Because the thinking process does not have a day at a time. That's, it's not part of it. Every day is a mix of what happened and what will happen. Yes? And in that mix, it tries to play God with that. It can't say a day at a time. The thinking process cannot stop in a day at a time. The thinking process is drenched in time. Yeah? Drenched in it. Every time the thinking process rises up as our authority, then you're going to get a whole lot of this and a whole lot of that about what's happened. Let's say it's really great what's happening, but now it remembers it may not be later. Therefore, how much do you enjoy it? Yes? You can't even let go. Yet you may have lived under the pretense that you were going to let go that one day when it finally happened, that wonderful event. And yet that wonderful event will just be like a speed bump for that system. It just claims it and go, drives right over it, and you just keep on, keep on looking. <laughs> this isn't about finding no way. This is about seeking. This is about agitation. This is about how it seeks relevance. Yes? Its relevance is like its substance. It doesn't see itself as a body. Yeah? It uses this as an identification. Yeah? It sees itself as relevant by meaning. Yeah? It wants to be drenched in meaning. It wants, no matter what the story is, it wants to write itself into it. Even the big ones, like God, knowing God. Who the hell tells you how you're doing with knowing God? Who? Who tells you? I'm telling you that your greatest supposed master of all time could show up right now here, yeah? And look at you right now and say, listen, there's nothing you ever needed to do, there's nothing you need to do, and there's nothing you'll ever need to do. You're totally okay, just as you are. And maybe that... Authority will wash over a sense of acceptance for maybe an hour or two. And then when you get home, you'll be re book. Let's see. I don't know if he's telling the truth there. <laughs> All right. The sit. Let me see. I've got a sit. Yeah? It, it is relentless. It's fucking relentless. You can't convince it because it's like the two-faced and the Batman thing. It's two-faced. You can't convince it. Any, it can be thoroughly convinced and then unconvinced at a drop of a hat. <laughs> it is a sand. You cannot build a foundation on it. If you sleep in one of those quarter little massager beds, yeah, you're not going to get any rest, are you? You're just going to be moving constantly. Yeah? Yeah. Something that's unreliable, you can't stand on. It's one of the biggest revelations of our big book. It says, why are you in so much fear today? He says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? How are you going to be stable in an unstable foundation? Yes? Then it says in AA, all right, perhaps there's a better way. Instead of trusting or having faith in something finite, the finite self, let's have faith in something infinite. Yeah? A simple moving from here to there. Sounds very easy. But if the system has as its root an identification as when you want to lose, leave this old way to the new way, it's going to be you leaving the old way, which is the old way, to the new way, 
and then the same frame will be put on the new way as the old way. <laughs> and it cannot not happen that way. Self can't get out of self. It's a beautiful statement. It can produce such a pause when you really see the futility of the mind's movement. Yeah? The mind's movement. Like it says in recovery, the main delusion people are still under, no matter how much evidence to the contrary is, that if I only manage better, everything would work out. Even though their whole life is ruined, seemingly, they still hold on to the idea, and it's not them, yes? The feeling of they holding on to it is the self-centered system, yeah? That system is holding on to its logic. Its logic is to manage, to claim. It doesn't know any difference. You have an event of your absence, it will claim it. I had the epiphany. You could see Jesus today, and it would be the emphasis would be off of Jesus by tonight, and it would be on you. I saw Jesus. <laughs> I saw Jesus. I did. I saw him. I did. What about Jesus? Oh, fuck that. I saw Jesus. Yeah. It can't help. That's its logic, yes? There is. <laughs> There is a possibility, a very strong possibility, that there is a solution, but not for us. There is no solution for us. And that's a really beautiful state to be in when you realize the total failedness of the system. So you'll stop trying to embrace truth by making it into an object that you're going to know. Yeah? I had that once when I was with this guru. I had an event. Remember I was... Uh, got hit by the car, and I, they, I was having a lot of hallucinations in the hospital for weeks. I don't know how long it went. And uh, I could fly, yeah, and I could fly through people. So this one time I flew to see this guru I had been with for five years, and I landed on his die, and it was like a family event. He had kids, and all the people in the audience had kids. And I landed on the die, and I looked at him, and, and in the dream, he was, you know, the authority. Yeah? And I looked at him, and I was really, like, very seemingly very sincere, and I said, you know, what's the truth? And then he curled his little lip, and he looked at me, and he says, you can't get it. <laughs> and I could feel the crippledness of all the ways I was trying to embrace or know the truth. All of them all of the futility of every one of them, thinking every way, and it just washed over me. And it was such an incredible sadness about it, you know? I just sat there, and I just felt this huge sadness of all of these crippled attempts to know what can't be known, you know? And the, the habit of it all, yeah, just the habit of it, that it, it doesn't, it won't jump to another groove. It just goes... <coughs> And then they'll try it. just... But maybe if you have an understanding, just even a mental understanding of quote-unquote the right view, maybe it can initiate the mind coming out of that yogic posture, that self-centeredness, yeah? And when that does, that's the greatest message. It, it, it coming out of that little shoebox what will, what will be sensed when that occurs, what will be reflected, maybe here, as fruit, 
will be a very, very strong determination, like an unspoken yes, like a conviction. Yeah? Something will have been revealed and there's no more unrevealing of it. Yes? It's something that's seen that can't be dismissed. Like I think Ramana meant by your head is already in the tiger's mouth. It's a done deal. Yeah? There's no turning back. Yeah, the mind is opened up. There's no you to stop it from opening up. Yes? So I like the back door way. Just maybe, just see. See what all that watching the thoughts imply. Yeah? The assumption of it's you doing it. Yeah? The assumption that every thought that's seen, that either it's about you or about someone relating or indirectly about you, or you're the thinker of it. See it. See the claiming of it. See the claiming of the processes that are going on. Who's feeling? The feeling arises, and then the mind, the narration shows up and says, I felt that. But it's just a claiming, yeah? Watch it. You'll see its movement. You'll see its MO. Claiming, claiming, seeking relevance, claiming, 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 claiming. It's assuming processes that are so much more subtle than your digestion system, which in the body, the only, or the only, the biggest function of the body that's half voluntary is the breath. Everything else is involuntary. The whole system's running with absolutely no management, no manager, none. And yet, a subtle process like thoughts can be held as I'm the thinker of them. And then claiming the thoughts and then producing more thoughts around the guilt of it, the shame. I, I shouldn't be thinking of that. I'm in a position that uh, someone who's in that position from my idea should never have those thoughts because of the position. And on, on and on and on, just selfing galore. Once the claiming occurs, it's an avalanche for selfing. And even wanting to get out of it is selfing. Yes? Once the, the lack of being a someone, it's all, all, no matter how much you're starting not being a someone, you're in the someoneness. <laughs> Seemingly. You can't get out of it. That's the good news. Like the wisdom of no escape is the greatest news. It's like an oasis all day, a pause. They're offered all the time, a pause. It's just like a, a, it's a break of that linear story, that streaming of selfing gets broken by a vertical-like insertion of timelessness. Man. And how you, get, how you leave the whole stream is realizing you were never in the stream. Yeah? Which doesn't take any time. It does not take any time to get out of a stream that you were never in. <laughs> if you were even your toe was in the stream, it would take you time to get out of it. Yeah, but you get out of it in timelessness, and that's the only solution because you were never in it. Yeah. Once you bite onto that, it will just reveal itself to be true. I would say, more and more. The eyes will have the, they'll see and the ears will hear what you weren't seeing and hearing before. Yeah? You'll see this place as like winds of mind that just blow through representatives. Greed and malice and envy. Yeah? You know, in, the, in Tibet they have this big mandala of, 
of the wheel of life. You know, it's a big picture of a wheel with the, supposedly the god of death holding it, yeah? And the wheel has a couple of different wheels inside. So they try to tell a very beautiful like parable about life here in the conditioned appearance, yeah? And what happens in a very beautiful like uh, teaching mechanism, yeah? You could just look at this mandala and you'll get a very, an overview. And in the middle, the, the middle of this whole moving circle, which is like the agitation of selfing, yes, moving, yeah, is three, a picture of a pig, a, a snake, and a, and a cock, you know, like a chicken, yeah? And I think they represent malice, envy, and, uh, and something else, maybe ignorance, yes? So these are the whole root of all the other activity, yeah? These are the winds that blow the wheel, yeah? The winds. Just mental streams looking to manifest through a possibility called the human figure. Yeah? It's like being taken over. We only recognize when it, there's an extreme takeover, like alcoholism. And we don't even recognize it until later if we survive the takeover. Yeah? We get into recovery and then stuff's revealed and we start realizing, Jesus, you just thought that to be you, didn't you? That's the fucking dream of self-centeredness. Everything that takes you over is claimed to be you. How are you going to entertain throwing something off you if it's you? You can't. You have to buckle down under it or therapize it or do something to try to get relief. But you can never have true relief because the dilemma is already in place. There's a you and the you's movement is the claim. So you can have a, like a, a demon expressing through you and you'd have guilt and shame about those behaviors. That's how strong the identification of self is. Even when in recovery we come in and they talk about the powerlessness over the drinking and the using, yes? And yet, still people are entertaining tons of guilt and shame about the behavior they thought they did when they were out there. Yet, it's very clearly, and they may be big book thumpers, and yet they're missing a big element. Powerlessness is like, you don't stop dancing with the gorilla until it wants to stop. You didn't have any fucking say in it. Why is the system still cooking up tons of guilt and shame? Because the system is whirling in place. You were the doer. I don't care how many forgiving prayers you read, in your system of thought, you were the doer of those actions and you should fucking suffer. Yeah? Check it out. You can read everything about how you should be forgiven, but in that system of self-centeredness, you're the doer of everything that's happened through you. You are seen as the doer. Yeah? All guilt and shame rests on the branch of doership, personal doership. You can have the most clearly articulated statement and have your own experience that it's true, that you are powerless, and the mind, the conditional mind, will still be generating guilt and shame over and over and over again because of its claiming as being the doer. Yeah. That's what happens when people get sober. Now they see the, the rawness of the system that they were under, and it's fucking scary. Yeah? They really see that, oh, I thought it was because I did coke that I acted like that. Then they realize, fuck, I'm acting like that now and I haven't done coke in a couple of years. 
all these delusions about, oh, the problem was really drinking. If I'd stopped drinking, everything, it's all delusionary. You've been taken over. Yes? And you, this, of course, we have to, this language is a bitch, but there's been a takeover. And, the, and you know when you're under the takeover? When you feel like a you being taken over. <laughs> that's the initial takeover. Once that's in place, you're taken over every freaking day. Yeah? Let's say anger comes over you. Many of us, anger comes over us. We have no fucking defense against that. We're lucky that if I don't, I, I didn't, don't end up in jail at the end of the day. Oh, fucking, that's great success. <laughs> then you live under the fear. When's this anger going to pop up again? What else is it going to ruin in one's life? And all the while, we're in the position of claiming the motherfucking shit. I'm the one who's angry. I need help. No. These are all generated, but there has to be a... There has to be something in place for these possibilities to have so much carte blanche running through your life all the time. I would say it's the base of being identified as a self. It's like a landing pad for all this shit. This shit just keeps taking you over. Yes? You know, people know it. People who are in recovery, it felt like a possession. Why? Because it is a possession. It felt like something took you over. Yeah, because it did, something did take over the system. Yeah? They were probably the most authentic feeling you ever had. Recognizing, yeah, I've been possessed. Of course, if there's the eye in place, you think you were possessed. Yes? And then when you get unpossessed, you're already still possessed by something. The sense of being an eye. Yeah? The mother of all possessions never gets seen which opens you up to all the other possessions. The one, the one that if it's like that first knot in a big long string of knots, you know, you're trying to get all this relief at, by unloos you know, loosening these knots, but they all seem to knot up again. Yeah? You, if you go to the one knot that they all stem from, if that one loosens up, you'll see the effect in all of your aspects of your life. You're on to something then. Yeah? Ding! The bell goes off. Ah, so it's true what it says in the book. Self is what has defeated us. You see it, yeah? Not as an adversary, that's something, but as a mental system that we've been seemingly saddled with, yeah? Why? Because we're identified as it. there is the possibility of being free. Not for the rest of your life, now. This is the only place the possibility is actually activated, is now. Don't worry about tomorrow. Now. Yeah? You're on. Maybe instead of you being on, maybe put the emphasis on the on. Forget about the you being on. Maybe the on. Maybe the on deserves a lot of honor. You've had enough honoring, you know? All the obsession about you, fuck it. But maybe the onness, maybe that to be honored, yes? So the emphasis of the day isn't on you, but it's on the onness, yeah? The sense of consciousness, the sense of awareness. Maybe that yeah. could be the center. Instead of self-centered, maybe there could be centered in that. 
And if you're centered in that, wherever you are is the center. No matter what condition you seem to be in is the center. Yeah? In self-centeredness, it's a very small world. Yeah? This is a very, very large space. Because wherever you are, it's expanding. Wherever you are in self is contracting. Instead of fitting yourself around circumstances, you're trying to fit all circumstances, and I mean past and future circumstances, because you're in that mental realm. You're trying to fit all those past and future circumstances around you. You, you must get so small, in a way, to fit a world around you. But to fit you around what's happening, you get to reach out and actually fulfill the potential of mind. You expand. You're open. Yeah? Downloads, not being claimed, have a real input of knowledge. Just like it says in recovery, self-knowledge avails us nothing. So Jesus, what is self-knowledge? Well, if the main movement of selfing is claiming, I would say any knowledge claimed by this system called self-centeredness will avail me nothing when it comes to getting out of the system of self-centeredness. <laughs> but knowledge can avail you quite a lot. If knowledge comes in and is not claimed, it becomes incredibly practical. And it's used not as a subordinate to reflect selfing, as I'm the one who has this knowledge, but used to actualize or activate some damn space, yeah? some lightness. You don't get your freaking mitts on it. You don't digest it. You don't mull over it. It, go, it goes to a whole other system that downloads. Yeah? And then you see it by its fruits, not by your brand. That's me. I have that knowledge. No, fuck that. know, centered on the onness or self-centered. I think there's two different aspects that are happening here, yeah? The one totally runs on advertising. You think it's going to be great later. <laughs> you're just ha you're holding out in hope to be special. So many people come and hear this message and they, they, they delay the whole message and put it into time because they want to be here to get it. This isn't about you getting something. It's, this is over with getting something. That's all we've been doing is getting something our whole freaking life. This is about receiving nothing. Yeah? Receiving nothing. It may be the greatest something you ever get is nothing. You've had all the other somethings. Yeah? How about nothing? How about just... A pause is like looking in a mirror of your own face. That's what mind is. Yeah. Total space. When a pause is occurring, it's like someone has just put the, the original mirror in front of your fucking original face. Seeing nothing is seeing nothing. <laughs> What's the difference between seeing nothing and seeing nothing? <laughs> oh, I'm seeing nothing. No. <laughs> seeing nothing is seeing nothing. <laughs> it may take one, it may take millions of that. 
But one of them will, could be insufficient. Who knows how many? But the emphasis will shift, yes? And then you'll travel lighter. And then at the end, none of this will mean anything, really. When we, when, when what we call going, when we go from here, there was never any here to go from. <laughs> so you won't be hovering around remembering and going over all your regrets about what you should do or shouldn't have done. That stops. The body ends. The, the conditional brain ends. <laughs> Even if you think there should be a few more chapters. <laughs> so why not see? Why not go to the author page and realize you're not the author? Yeah? And then you'll have a story here. And it's sort of cool. Everyone has a story. Yeah? But it won't be your story. There will definitely be a story. We're all action figures. We're all running around having events occur. Yes? There's what you call a field of experience that we're in. Seeing. But to have a story instead of my story <laughs> is a huge difference, Dave. You know, it is. But the thing is, when he forgets, it's forgotten. Yeah. The parent may think about what happened. The kid won't even, it'll be gone, like it never happened. Yeah? That's like a, it's like every day is like an etch-a-sketch, really. And then, you know, it's gone. There's never a, you never, you, you can't frame any picture. They're just, yeah, all coming and getting erased, coming and getting erased. Yeah. No questions, eh, tonight? No. Mm. It's a juicy flavor. <laughs>